0: Please pray with me. Father, may every word that I speak have first been Your thought, the word from Your heart and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. You know, when it comes to sickness... Things are pretty bad right now. Still in the course of history, when you read of entire villages having been wiped out and a third of the population of Europe having been wiped out in the plagues, things are not as bad as that. Still, however, I've been to one COVID funeral. He was a fine Christian man, a successful lawyer. He'd often done mission work and prayed for people all over the world. And in praying, he had seen miracles, mostly in India. And I know that there are many families struggling with COVID right now. The most obvious one in our midst is the Price family, but they're not alone. And there's people struggling with other diseases and other ailments right now. And I know many people who have suffered through COVID and have recovered. Besides that, of course, we have many other diseases going on, so we can still say that things are are bad, they're tough. It's a hard time. And when things are bad, it's easy to get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, it's easy to find ourselves asking things like, God, where are you? Or God, why is this happening to me and happening to my loved ones? And God, where is the God who protects His people? Why are you letting us down like this? Or, where's the God who gives his people the power to heal? Or, God, why are people, people whom you love, and people who love you, getting sick and some are dying? And, God, don't you care? And it can be tempting to think that if only we could go back and live in the time of the apostles, when they were walking around, when they were teaching, when they were preaching, when they were laying their hands on the sick and seeing them healed and casting out demons, then we'd all be well. And things would be good. And yet, yeah, it's true. There were amazing miracles that happened in the days of the apostles. Stunning things. And I'm going to read some of these accounts to you. and Most of them are going to be from Acts. And the book of Acts is a book that was written by a very careful historian named Luke. The other thing about Luke is he was also a physician. In the first century, he was a doctor. He knew about sickness, and he knew about death and dying. Acts 3, 2 through 8. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Can you imagine seeing that with your own eyes, watching that happen? Wouldn't that have been amazing? Speaking of amazing, can you imagine experiencing this? Acts 5, 12-16. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. I'm sorry, while I'm preaching, I'm going to take this off. I didn't mean to leave it on. But we have been asked to wear it voluntarily because the new strain of COVID seems to be so very contagious that even those of us that have had the vaccine would do better to stay covered. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade No one dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And all of them were healed. Apparently, even Peter's shadow brought healing to many people, just his shadow passing across them. Now, that's spiritual power, isn't it? And listen to this passage from Acts, this time an account about the Apostle Philip. Acts 5, 5 8 rather, 5 through 8. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miracles he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Now there too, spiritual power. God also gave the Apostle Paul the power to work great miracles. Acts 14:8 through 10 in Lystra, there was a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had the faith to be healed. And he called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the men jumped up and began to walk. If you'd been in that crowd, what would you have thought? And there are other examples of Paul, or rather of God healing people through Paul, Acts 28, 7-9. There was a nearby estate that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us, catch that word us, Luke is with Paul. He welcomed us into his home for three days and for three days entertain us, entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him. And after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this happened, the rest of the sick in the island came and they were cured. And so one healing that God did through Paul led to the healing of many people who all came and wanted to touch from from, from the man whom God was speaking through, from the men whom God was healing through. And at least once in his ministry, Paul brought somebody back from the dead. Acts twenty, nine through twelve. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. Tells you something about Paul, doesn't it? When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Pretty good, huh? And listen to this. Acts 19, 11 through 12. Paul did extraordinary things. Excuse me. God did extraordinary things through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured. And the evil spirits left them. Now that is contagious spiritual power. Think of this. Peter's shadow falling across people brought healings. And handkerchiefs and aprons that have touched Paul had brought people healings. Absolutely amazing, isn't it? And it wasn't just limited to the apostles either. Other people God gave the gift of healing to. And so Paul could write to the Corinthian church that God had given people with special gifts, including healing of the sick to the church. So 1 Corinthians 12:28. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Now, we could easily think... That every single believer who was within the reach of Paul or of Peter or of John or of Philip or of Barnabas or of one of the other gifted healers in the church in that time, if anybody was near any of them, they would never be sick. They would never be ill. They would never die. It's tempting to think that, isn't it? It's logical. Doesn't it make sense that in the day when the apostles were walking around and talking and teaching and laying hands upon people and healing them miraculously, that nobody had to be sick? But were they? Is that really the way it was? When Paul was explaining to the Corinthians that they could trust the coming resurrection of the dead because Jesus had been raised from the dead by His Father, he began recounting to them the witnesses of those who had seen the risen Christ. It was real. It was true. So 1 Corinthians fifteen three through 6 I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins just as the Scripture said, and He was buried and raised from the dead on the third day just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by more than five hundred of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, but though some have died, some have died? In the days of the apostles, some had died? Really? How'd that happen? Now, wait a minute. These are not just ordinary believers. These are people that were critical to the the, the propagation of the gospel because they had seen Jesus alive after he'd been crucified, after he'd been raised from the dead. But some of them had died. Wow. Do you suppose nobody prayed for them? Do you suppose maybe after seeing the risen Lord standing and walking and talking, they didn't have faith enough to be healed? Doesn't make sense, does it? Listen also to these words that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. And now, dear brother, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised again to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died, We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are living, when the Lord returns, will not meet Him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with a voice of the archangels, and with a trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Now, this is a great and powerful message about a certain hope in the resurrection. But Paul is writing this at a time when he and the other apostles are still walking around and still able to lay hands on people. And besides that, there are other people with the gift of healing. So why were people dying? Do you suppose that no apostle ever prayed for those people who had died? Nobody with the gift of healing? Nobody prayed for them afterwards so they could be resurrected. I mean, resuscitated. In that mighty time, in that mighty season of God working great miracle after miracle through the believers, no one seems to have had a need to explain why some people died. Holy Scripture simply mentions that it happened. It occurred. That believers... Believers had died. In his letter to the church of Philippi, Paul wrote something very touching about a special friend of his. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 30. He writes, But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who's also your messenger Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor, men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life and making up for the help that you could not give me. Epaphroditus is a man who was so dear to Paul that Paul called him his brother and his fellow worker. He called him a fellow soldier for Christ. Pretty high praise, don't you think, from the Apostle Paul? Epaphroditus had been on a mission from the Philippian church. He'd been on a mission from God to come and be a help to Paul. He had been with Paul. He was doing God's will. And he got sick. In the midst of that God obeying mission, in the very company, in the presence of the Apostle Paul, he got sick. And Paul writing says he almost died. Now, how'd that happen? Is it possible that Paul, who healed the sick, who had raised the dead, who had cast out demons, didn't have faith enough to heal? Had not even handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul had touched healed most people, or healed many people, rather? How then did this man, the servant of the Lord, Epaphroditus, get sick in Paul's presence? How is it that he almost died in Paul's presence? Was there no faith left in that room, that cell where Paul was being held? Was it just a bad week? But Eutychus did recover. I'm sorry, uh, Epaphroditus did recover. And Paul writes about how grateful he was to God that Epaphroditus survived and that he recovered. But what he says is kind of different from what I would expect him to say. I mean, given the way we talk about healing in this present age, I'm struck by what he does not say. Paul does not credit his great faith or anyone else's great faith. He doesn't mention it. He doesn't credit standing on or claiming the Scriptures over him. He doesn't credit binding the enemy. He doesn't credit the claiming the authority of the Word. Paul does not credit with anointing with oil. No, what Paul does credit is the mercy, the mercy of God. Paul writes, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Paul simply states that by God's mercy, Epaphroditus recovered. And he doesn't try to explain it or anything beyond that. He simply relates it. Would anyone say that Paul was a second-rate believer or that he didn't have faith? I wouldn't. For God hath worked through Paul many, many great miracles, again and again. But for whatever reason, not this time. What can we say then? What does it mean for us? Did God not heal in the days of the apostles? Of course He did. Yes. Does God still heal today? Of course He does. Yes. I have seen way too many miracles to doubt that. And many of you have too. But people, even believers, still get sick today. And people, even believers, still die today. Even when we pray for them. Even when we believe for them. Exactly as they still did in the days of the apostles. Holy Scripture tells us that death will be the very last enemy to be destroyed. And I have no doubt that when that time comes, death's handmaiden, sickness will share the same fate and also be destroyed once and for all. And when there's a healing, it's a breaking in of that final day. When there's a resuscitation, a resurrection, a bringing back to life from the dead, it's a breaking in of that final day that's not fully yet here. Of that day, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15:24. Then the end will come when the, he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Just a few days ago, maybe a week ago, Anne Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, asked for prayer as her son, Billy Graham's grandson, was in the ICU with COVID, on a ventilator. And I think it was on Thursday she announced that praise be to God, He was off the ventilator and out of ICU. And as part of her praise to God, she mentions a portion of an, of an uh, excuse me, a portion of an old hymn that her mother, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Belgram, had inspired her to memorize as a young girl. It's this, trust him when dark doubts assail thee. Trust him when thy strength is small. Trust him when simply to trust him seems the hardest thing of all. Trust him, he is ever faithful. Trust him for his will is best. Trust him for the heart of Jesus is the only place of rest. Trust him then, though clouds through clouds are sunshine. All thy cares upon him cast till the storm of life is over. And the trusting days are past. In these passages that I have read, there's both bad news and there's good news. First, and part of the good news is that God is fully capable of healing just as much now as He was then and ever will be. Just as in the days of the apostles, He can heal. The bad news is that just as in the days of the apostles, not everyone is healed. Like Epaphroditus. But the good news is that just in the days of the apostles, God still works miracles. He does. And we see them now and then. I want to see more of them. And the other good news, the other good news is that just in the days of the apostles, God still has mercy. As He did on Epaphroditus. So do we stop praying for the sick? Never. Do we stop believing that God can heal? Never. And if we don't see a healing when we have prayed and believed, does that mean that God has stopped loving us? Never. To the church in Rome, Paul wrote in Romans 8.35, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, we will continue... To pray for the sick. And we will continue to believe in God's power to heal. And we will continue to at least sometimes see miracle, and hopefully a lot of times. And we will continue to seek God's mercy. And we will continue that never, never, never will we let our, trist, will we let our belief in Christ's love for us be shaken. No matter what. Please remain seated for the uh, prayers of the people.